Want to start your own vegetable farm? Or perhaps you're keen on expanding your existing operation to include veggies? You have come to the right place. This week on our 100th episode of Farmer's Inside Track, we share a few insider tricks and tips. Plus, we explore early indications that South African farmers intend to plant more summer crops for the next production year. Paul Makube, a senior agricultural economist at FNB, weighs in. We've got some exclusive info on the very first agricultural gap year offered by the Peritum Agri Institute and the Reitz Lanbo Academy. This initiative is proudly supported by the VKB Group because after all, deciding on a career can be a daunting prospect. Speaking of interesting agricultural careers, Tepo Ndamane, a civil engineer by trade, joins our Agripreneur 101 segment to talk about his Moringa supplement production line. To celebrate our 100th Farmers Inside Track episode, we go down memory lane with highlights from two years of podcasting. It's been a great ride and we've cherished every moment. We also share our top three books for entrepreneurs and our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from Isabel Kriger, who is the chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization Stock Theft Forum. This is Farmers Inside Track. Supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to episode 100 of Food from Zanzi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I am Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at South Africa's coolest agricultural news brand. And joining me is my co host, Duncan Masiwa. Yes, yes, 100 episodes and the official status as Africa's top news podcast and the world's best farmer's news podcast. Dawn, I tell you, it's hard to believe that we've grown so much in such a short space of time, you know, and it's really an honor being a part of a podcast that gives South African food producers not only a platform for information, but as well as entertainment and inspiration. Yo, Duncan, sometimes I have to pinch myself when I think about how much we've grown. We're also celebrating Food Form Zanzi's third birthday on Thursday, the 18th of November, with the Pan-African Summit on Youth in Sustainable Agriculture. It's a virtual event powered by Access and AECI Plant Health, but there are limited seats available at the summit venue in Pretoria. All the details are available on Food Form Zanzi. Exciting stuff, but let's get straight into episode 100. Journalist Nicole Lidoff chats to Western Cape vegetable farmer Anastasia Smith for insider tips on starting your own vegetable farm in Mzanzi. Thank you so much, Dawn and Duncan. Anastasia, can you tell us a bit about your planning process prior to starting your business? Yes, planning is very essential for the aspiring farmers. Trust me, we are human. We do tend to make mistakes, but we tend to also learn from these mistakes. So we rather make the mistakes rather now than later. May it be small or big. The problem, impossible to me, already says impossible. So planning starts with the structure of your business. Secure land first and foremost. Lease agreement in place or private property. 
water. Do you have rights to the use of water with the landlord? Permits for the use of water or permits, how much water you can use. Whether you're going to go electricity, solar, whichever you decide. A small holder farmers started off with generators at first. But as uh, petrol and diesel became costly, these days generators are a necessity for the emerging farmer. How did you decide on your markets? Make sure you have offtakes in place before you even place a seed in the ground. This could come in the form of your formal market or informal markets. I started off with my informal markets at first and as my knowledge grew, slowly I started expanding into herbs and high-end crops. It's essential that you have a mentor and he understands that your views and where you'd like to see your business in five years' time. Communication, mutual respect for each other's opinions and views are key tools for a successful business relationship with your mentor. Markets tend to come, like I said, in the informal or formal markets. It all depends on what crop you decide you are going to put into the ground. Is setting up an organic operation really different to one that uses pesticides? I started off with a small vegetable garden, spinach and spring onions, where my excess was sold to the informal markets. This was just the beginning as I saw the need for fresh vegetables within the informal settlement, namely Vitsans. I started off with one work at first and slowly increased as my production demand started to improve. I started off with using pesticides and chemicals. Found this was way too much administration as you have to record all watering schedules, all pesticide schedules, fertilizing schedules, where as I find with organic farming, there is very little record keeping to be done. It's not so intense. So I do do a lot of companion planting as well. We need to understand that soil is alive and we need to work with the soil rather than against the soil, meaning a lot of organic matter is being used within the soil. It all depends on entirely the produce you also put into the ground. So be careful which crop, how you're going to do the crop rotation. I prefer greenhouse shade net structures, easier to maintain and of low maintenance. How do you manage your labour needs during harvest season? One of our worst nightmares for farmers, but yes, something that needs to be addressed. People might say labour is cheap in South Africa. For us farmers, it's not so cheap. Overseas countries might think, yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, their currency is much more improved than our currency. So with the increase in petrol and diesel prices on a continuous basis and with ESCOM's rising prices on electricity and continuous load shedding, our economy is not growing as we would like. Government has not improved the lives of the poor. They failed miserably, unfortunately. As the season deepens for us farmers, we tend to look at local labour mainly. Permanent labour, oh gosh, when we can afford permanent labour, then we shall do so. But 
I mainly started off with seasonal labour. Gary as my mentor who proposed using his labour force which made it so much easier for me as well. Of course I didn't need to do any training with them. They knew what to do. So it made my planning and working business relationship and communication so much easier. I would say use seasonal workers at first and as your business starts to grow or increase, you can slowly increase your labor force. Thanks, Nicole. And always great having you, Anastasia Smith. Now, for more information on this, please visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Next up, according to the National Crop Estimates Committee, early indications show that South Africa's farmers intend to plant almost 5% more hectares under summer crops for the 2021-22 production year. We're now joined by Paul Makube, who is the Senior Agricultural Economist at FNB. Now, according to the National Crop Estimates Committee's latest update, an early indication reflects that Mzanzi's farmers intend to plant almost 5% more hectares under summer crops for 2021-22. What does this mean for the farming sector, Paul? The impact of the higher planted area and potentially better yields for soya beans, dry beans, sunflower is that after January is that prices may ease somewhat during that period due to expectations of increased availability. But that is also dependent on what happens on the international market, but also the rent dollar exchange rate. What effect will this have on, you know, soya beans, dry beans, sunflower prices after January 2022? Early indications are that uh, South Africa's farmers intend to plant more area under summer crops, about 5% more ahead, uh, given good prices and also the better production conditions in the outlooks. This is positive for the agricultural sector, which means we're likely to see another fantastic agricultural year, but it's also positive for the farmers in terms of recovery from the previous years of drought. Now, there was a slight contraction of 1.1% year-on-year in expected maize planted hectares to 2.73 million hectares, mainly in the white maize areas. What impact will it have on the maize market? In the maize market, we expect the planted area to contract by 1.1% relative to the previous year at 2.73 million hectares. And this is largely in white maize areas. Well, the impact of this is that we'll have short-term support for prices, but in the medium to longer term, we're likely to see prices easing off given huge carryover stock that we uh, get into the new year. And also that this area will yield over 15 million tons of maize, which is still a huge crop for South Africa. So therefore, limited impact on prices going forward. The international market as well as the rent dollar exchange rate will continue to influence price direction in the shorter to in the medium to long term. Thanks for joining us, Paul Makube, Senior Agricultural Economist at FNB. Deciding which career to go into can be a daunting prospect. This week, we offer prospective students options to take an agricultural gap year at Peritum Agri-Institute and the Rates Lanbo Academy. We're now joined by Odette Shepperson, the Marketing Manager at Peritum Agri-Institute. Odette, Peritum Institute offers full-time work, ensuring students get both practical experience and distance learning experience. The best of both worlds, I must say. What can aspiring students expect? 
Our national diplomas are highly practical oriented. The students are physically working with the animals and getting their hands dirty in the field and in the soil. It is definitely the best way of learning. Another unique nature of the national diplomas is that because of its highly practical nature, the students don't write any exams. Could you perhaps outline the structure of the courses at the institution? The students are work ready as soon as they obtain their qualification. The reason for this is because a diploma includes modules such as staff management, farm business management and marketing of your agri-products and so on. These are also the base modules and if the student wants to obtain his second diploma, he will not repeat these modules again, but will only complete his space modules, whether it's animal or plant production. And then before we let you go, what's the requirements? The only entry requirement to the diploma is metric passed with maths or math lit at 40% and English at 40%. Thanks for joining us, Odette Shepperson, Marketing Manager at Peritum Agri-Institute. For more on this and about joining Peritum Institute, visit foodformzanzi.co.za. Next up, a civil engineer by trade, Tepo Ndemane, developed a passion for the Moringa plant in 2013. He now joins us in our Agripreneur 101 segment to talk about his Moringa product line that includes capsules, teas and nutritional supplements. Tepo, how did you get into the Moringa industry? I got into Moringa production. I was introduced to Moringa by an old man in Limpopo in 2016 he introduced it to me as a natural supplement something that will give me a better and good health i started using moringa then i had weight problem and then frequently experienced uh, asthma attacks so i started using moringa firstly on me i saw the results after seeing the result i started using moringa with my friends so the demand in which the people in my surrounding made uh, is actually what started Moringa lifestyle business. I was trying to tell people that no, with this thing, you can combat malnutrition, you can do a lot of things with Moringa. That's how I got into the industry. The biggest challenge in the industry is how to penetrate the market in terms of selling the products you first have to do awareness you do a lot of teaching before you can make sales for example you need to let people know what the product is about because of there's a lot of myth around surrounding herbs so you've got to teach people uh, what the product is first before you can make money so i could i can say that is a challenge but on the other hand if you're doing it for the love of it it does no longer become a challenge because once a person is a client, then you have that person forever as your client. What is the biggest challenge you've experienced so far? And tell us about your biggest success. The biggest success was seeing myself hiring the first two people in the business and having to produce our own products, having our own formulas, having my own blends. That is a greatest success. We've got the capsule. The capsule that I've made, it's Moringa Resurrect Mixture, which is good for uh, boosting uh, men, men's libido, uh, helping men, men's sexual drive, both men and, and, and women. That was a greatest success because that one is my own mixture. Any tips for aspiring Moringa entrepreneurs, you know, eager to step into the Moringa industry? The most important thing that I'll tell people who want to get into Moringa industry is that it's easy to plant a tree, it's easy to nurture the tree, 
uh, the most important thing is to ensure that you follow hygiene because of moringa is an edible. The other thing that I'll let people who wants to start moringa business is that they should not be coming into it for money but more for impact. You should have a desire to impact the world, to promote wellness, to contribute to the global warming. That should be the aim of getting into the business than making money. Our business is about also job creation. We have at the moment six distributors that directly works for Moringa Lifestyle. And we've got people that buys stock from us directly and resells which are our independent distributors. Thanks, Duncan and Zepo Ntemane, Moringa supplement manufacturer and founder of Moringa Lifestyle. Before we get into the must reads for 2021 for any entrepreneur, to celebrate our 100th Farmers Inside Track episode, we share highlights from the past two years. First up, Lerato Buerta, director of a family's farming enterprise, Family Farms in Talton Gauteng, talks about life as a black Buerta with Food for Mzanzi co-founder Ivo Price and I. I saw that you graduated from the University of the Free State, yes. which is very cool. And I also saw that your surname was Boeta, and I thought, hmm, <laughs> Afrikaans agronomist. I could never in my wildest dreams imagine a black female agronomist, and maybe there are millions out there that I just don't know about. Mm-hmm. Do people raise eyebrows about that? They do, especially in the Free State, because it was more initial-based. So my initials are L.A. Boeta. So there was many of us, there was like three, four Buertas, and it would raise eyebrows for the first two years. People were shocked that there's this black Buerta, but eventually people warmed up to me. So I had quite a lot of fun with my surname in the Free State, especially. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. And do you think it worked for you? Was it a bit of advantage or did people look at you and say, can this woman actually do what she says she can do? Um, in the beginning, it raised a lot of eyebrows. I had worked to my advantage in the beginning, but eventually lecturers saw that, okay, this person, she does know what she's speaking about. She actually does farm. But yes, in the beginning, it was very tough. Black Buerta, you know, because they would be handing out scripts and they would be looking for Buerta in the other section of the class. And I wasn't there. I was sitting right in front (laughs) of them. So (laughs) I had a lot of fun with that. But then eventually, my lecturers knew me on a one-on-one basis. Duncan connects with Sinelizwe Fakade, an Eastern Cape grain farmer, who says that farming for him was a no-brainer. What encouraged your choice to pursue agriculture and not another career in a different sector? (laughs) Yeah, I think... When it comes to the choice in terms of career, I was very fortunate to have advice around me. My mom, and as a simple woman as she was, with nothing really, but the, the ability to really sacrifice everything for us. Her advice and advice from business people who were family members and having the privilege to have a close relationship with people of that caliber really changed my view as I grew when it comes to careers. Funny enough, my dream job was to be a detective one day, which obviously is the complete opposite. But so agriculture for me became a no-brainer from when I was exposed to it. I mean, as early as grade eight, I went to an agricultural high school. All of my qualifications, all four of them have been agriculture and rural development related. And it was persistently behind the fact that I had very fruitful and very developing conversations with people who were part of my family that had really had a lot of experience through business 
through educating other kids of the family. Township aquaponics pioneer Mosesi Mosesi chats about his farming highlights with Food for Mzanzi co-founder Kobus Lawrence and I. Kobus, an even bigger thing that I'd like to announce is the fact that Mosesi actually met Prince Harry, the royals, when they came to visit South Africa recently. He's smiling at the moment. <laughs> I don't know who's happier, me or him. What was that visit like for you? I mean, thinking about these people coming to visit your farm, seeing your operation. Tell us about the experience. Okay, before I go there, I actually met the president and it was nerve-wracking. So meeting the royalties was like out of this world. <laughs> so it was one of those days, it's surreal until the day is over. You look at the pictures and say like, wow, this really happened. Because they're very humble people, it's very easy to talk to them. They make it easy to actually have a conversation with them. And that opened a lot of doors for you. You mentioned meeting the president as well. Even just that alone, I'm sure all these people that have come along your way and come across your path, they've obviously opened some doors for you as well. You know, we live in a world whereby people need to know each other for us to actually move forward. So the more people you meet, the more your circle becomes bigger. So I try to meet as much people as I can so that it's easier for us to navigate these pathways. Because one of the hardest things to do in farming is finding a market. And then finally, Professor Almin Duplessis, a leading constitutional law expert, talks about how she thinks we can resolve issues around land reform in Umzanzi. I just want to ask you one last question. Do you think that we will be able to resolve land expropriation peacefully in South Africa? I think that potential is always there. I think we can do it if we really sit together and talk about, again, what our goals are, what is it that we want to achieve. And we have open and frank conversations. I think we must also be open to new ideas. You can come to the party and you can have this conversation, but you must also come to the party knowing that you yourself might be changed by this conversation. And, and if all of us can come in there with that idea, I think we can resolve it, yes. Wow, what a flashback. And I can't wait for the next 100 not out. Now for our book of the week as chosen by farmers, Caroline Sampson. Head of Strategy and Sustainability at Access Bank SA, shares her topics. It's a hard ask for me to choose my favourite books of 2021 as I reviewed a pile of interesting reads. But these stand out. Land Matters, in which advocate Tembeka Nkatoibi reviews the state of land reform, broadened my understanding of the historical context of land disposition in South Africa. This book is essential reading for South Africans who want to engage constructively in the debates on land reform. In The Soil Will Save Us, Kristen Olsen explains the carbon cycle and interlinkage of plants, animals and soil. She travelled extensively to interview and see some of the results of regenerative agriculture and is able to convey the technical information in a very accessible manner. A fascinating book about the nexus of soil, food security and global warming, which leads me directly to my third choice. Whenever the term regenerative agriculture is used, the name Gay Brown is soon mentioned. A farmer in North Dakota, Gabe joined the regenerative agriculture movement at the end of the 1990s. In Dirt to Soil, Gabe describes his journey from new farmer to a world-renowned expert on regenerative agriculture with a profitable mixed farming enterprise. My garden is already benefiting from Gabe's advice. Highly recommend this one. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. 
and the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens for CO.za or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Sounds like a must read. Now remember, if you'd like to review a book or perhaps you have a book suggestion, feel free to email us at info at foodformzanzi.co.za. Now, before we let you go, we now share our farmer tip of the week from Isabel Kriche, who is the chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization Stock Theft Forum. She shares some tips on how new farmers can deal with livestock theft. As advice for the farmers, I would recommend that you count your cattle daily. Make sure that they're not stolen. And if your cattle is stolen, please report it to the police. Make sure that you get a case number. Then it's very important that you make sure of the Section 6 and the Section 8 documents that are required for the Stock Fifth Act. You need to fill that in. The Section 6 is a transfer of ownership and the Section 8 is the transport document. Make sure you've got that in place and that it is filled in correctly. Otherwise, you will get in trouble. And our Farmer Tip of the Week from Isabel Krieger, Chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization Stock Theft Forum, brings us to the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food Form Zanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to really go above and beyond to feed South Africa, Visit foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. And don't forget our new Gather to Grow every Wednesday at 6pm on Twitter Spaces. That's correct Dawn and remember if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmers Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on foodformzanzi.co.za. But from me, Duncan Masiwa, Don Numdu, Nicole Ludov, and our producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. Corteva is in it for farmers. For good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind. With 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with the best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, our on-seed applied technology on farm crop protection digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability.
Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers, and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. Our motivation for creating effective, locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa. Growing progress, enriching lives, now and for generations to come. Corteva, keep growing. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.com dot co dot za